Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. My difficulty this month where we've been focusing on faith is that there is so much that needs to be said and could be said about faith, probably the greatest subject in Scripture. I mean, you've got verses like Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, where it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, if it's impossible to please God without faith, then it's obviously incredibly important. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Therefore, the Christian life is not about just behaviours. It's not about leadership. It's not about principles. It's not even about waiting for heaven someday. Rather, it is a grand, beautiful journey of going from one level of faith, as it says in 1 Thessalonians, to another level of faith. And so I don't remain the same. And my believing doesn't stay the same. But there is a progression and a growth and an increase in my life as I learn how to believe God, as I learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit, as I learn how Jesus wants to do more and more through my life. And the difficulty has been trying to literally pin it down to a few. I counted up the other day, I think 13 messages I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I think I've only preached three times. This might be the fourth in this month. And that's why I put up two extra messages on the app that are exclusive to the app. And actually the app is easier than the website. You don't have to download anything. It's already there. You just go and press on the play symbol and away it goes. And uh, so I want to encourage you to go on an adventure. I'm not going to try and give you a whole lot of formula about faith. I want to say to you tonight, go on the journey of believing God. Go on the journey with the Holy Spirit. You might go, Jeff, I don't have much faith. Well, you know, a lot of people don't have much of anything, but if you will sow it and if you'll exercise it, it'll grow and you will go from where you are into a greater place, that's for sure. Let me start though tonight by saying faith has got two main purposes in your life. The first one, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. These will all be up there, but I'm going to wait about 10 seconds each time while you go and look it up on your smartphone or turn to your old-fashioned paper Bible. If you actually know what that looks like, uh, there's this thing, it's the Bible, it's the way it traditionally looks, but you can have it on your smartphone. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says, above all, everyone say above all. Above all means above every other thing that you think is important. Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So many people are not aware that there is an enemy who is constantly firing at you. He's aiming stuff towards you. He wants you to get hit. He wants you to lower your shield. He wants you to simply become vulnerable. He wants you to become devourable. He wants you to be the kind of person who gives up on walking with God because you never held up above all the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench 
all the fiery darts, not some, not a couple, but don't worry in the sweet by and by, we'll die and all go to heaven, but quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the first purpose of faith is to bring protection to your life. And so that's an important thing. A crisis occurs, something goes wrong. We take up the shield of faith. We go into battle. We see God move in our life. I've lost count over the years of the number of times and this is not even an occasional thing. It's an all the time thing. I was at my granddaughter's place uh, literally the week before last. Terrible chesty cough, coughing all night long, waking up, can't sleep, all the rest of that stuff. Been to the, the doctor, got the medicine, all the rest of that. But it didn't seem to get any better. I've heard all the tales about the 100 day cough and whatever. My daughter says, Granddad, will you come and pray and lay hands on her? So I go into her bedroom. I said, you know, and my daughter comes in there and together we lay hands and this little believing 10 year old laying there as we lay hands upon the sick because the Bible says you lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover in Jesus name I laid hands on her well that night I think I heard a cough just once and she just kept getting better and better the next day she was better again you need faith to protect you need faith for the days when something goes belly up in your life and you need a heck of a lot more than just a nice little theology and a couple of songs and a sweet by and by and a lovely little bit of I love Jesus and one day I'll die. How many people know you need a good right hook against the devil in Jesus' Name? You need something that makes him flee from your life and say, I'm never going back there again. My goodness, they gave me a hiding in Jesus' Name. Well, I don't think he'd say that in Jesus' Name, but, but I tell you what, I'm already hot in Jesus' Name. Amen. Take the mantle, brother. Take the shield of faith. That's faith to protect. But you know, a lot of people, that's all they think faith is for. They think faith is simply for problems. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says this, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Listen, they're not great promises unless they can achieve great things. A great promise it meets a great need and provides a great answer. And I think about this. My life is always so challenged by faith because I don't want to go to heaven and discover the warehouse of unasked for provision. I don't want to go and see all the things that could have been, should have been, might have been, somebody could have had. But nobody ever stood up and said, I'm going to believe for that in my life. I'm going to believe for my family to get saved. I'm going to pray for my workmates to come to Christ. I'm going to believe for revival to be around about my life wherever I go in Jesus' Name. That through these, it goes on to say, you may be partakers of the divine nature. And so there's faith to protect, but there's also faith to possess. Don't let all of your prayers and all of your faith be about problems and about difficulties in your life. 
So tonight I want to focus in on what faith can possess in your life and mine and what I can see it do to enlarge my life and world. And so I want you to listen in, lean in, write notes, but don't write down notes so you can go home and go, well, I've got the notes of the message. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit. I believe tonight, listen, God wants to light some things up and put a light inside of your life. So next time you encounter something, you go, I'm going to believe for that. Next time, you say, I need that. I want to grow in that. You start applying faith to that and seeing God move. You know, Hebrews 11 verse 33 says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, which is the faith to protect, but it also goes on and says, and they worked righteousness. How many people know that our nation right now needs righteousness worked in it in Jesus' Name? We need across our nation, across our Lord. Listen, and so many people get cranky at the politicians and get mad about laws that are getting made. Can I tell you that they could legislate the Bible to be the foundation, but it still wouldn't bring a change unless the Holy Spirit moves across our nation in mighty power, that unless our nation rises up, the Bible does not say that godly rules exalt a nation. It says righteousness exalts a nation. It's the way we do life. It's the way we treat one another. The answers for the problems of our world are not in another another formula, another rule, another process, more counselling. The answer to our nation and to the things that are happening is that there will be godliness, that we will work righteousness in Jesus' Name across our nation and see those things come to pass. Obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions. So tonight I'm going to give you quickly five things that your faith can possess. There could be seven or 10 or 50 or 100, but I'm just going to give you five. And by the way, I want to say this as we get into this, that Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, 3 says this, that God has given to every single one of us the measure of faith. To everyone that is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to everybody, every man, every woman, the measure of faith. In other words, some of you here say, well, Jeff, I don't think I've got any faith. I don't feel confident. I don't think that God's going to answer me. I'm not certain of all of that. You think, well, I, I don't have faith. But the Bible says that that's just your feelings. It says God gave every one of us the measure of faith. Every single one of us can activate that in our life. It's got nothing to do with whether you feel it or not. I've been in plenty of places where feelings had long disappeared. And yet faith can still be active in the Name of Jesus. So let me give you these five things quickly tonight. Number one, first thing that I think faith can possess for you is the abiding presence of Jesus. His abiding presence. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says this, that He'll never leave us. He will never forsake us no matter what. And what an incredible promise that is, that He's with me. And, you know, some people just go, well, that means the Lord's there. As though somehow or other that means nothing. But how can you possibly have Jesus with you and nothing happens? How can you possibly live a life where His abiding presence, this afternoon after the morning service, Rhonda and I went up to the hospital to pray with a dear lady. She's been a part of our church for like, I don't know, 28 years or something or other, now in her 90s, can't come to church anymore. Though I did promise that somehow or other we're going to get her here for Family Sunday in October. 
So one of you will remember that. We're going to do that. Somehow or other, we're going to get her here. But she fell and I think broke a leg. And so we'd heard about it. We went up to visit her in hospital and get up there. But you know, we walk into a hospital bed and there's tubes and there's stuff everywhere and all the rest of that. But can I tell you, we never go in there just to be a nice pastors that love people. We go in there with an abiding presence of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit around about us. So when we take her by the hand, first thing comes out of her mouth, this 96 year old lady, she takes my hand. She says, blessed be the Name of the Lord. And we pray with this lady and ask God to touch her and ask God to heal her and ask God to bring peace into her life. And then she starts to pray and says, Lord, thank You for these people who, who I can't even imagine why they came, but thank You that somebody came to show me Your love and to see my life get touched. See, when you turn up for something with the faith in the abiding presence of Jesus, it doesn't matter whether you're at work, it doesn't matter whether you're at uni, it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't require favourable atmospheres because faith in the abiding presence of Jesus changes the atmospheres. How many of you know some of you here in this place tonight, you need a different atmosphere in your home? Well, it's not going to happen just out of, you know, playing great praise music, as much as that would be good. But maybe some of you have got uh, family that don't know the Lord and they wouldn't appreciate it at all. Maybe you can't even do that. But I tell you what, you can go in there with the abiding presence of Jesus. You could go into there. I don't think any of my kids, I'm not sure I ever told them, but many of the time when they were going through a difficulty and they'd be out of the house and I'd go in there and I'd lay my hands on the pillow upon which their head would rest for hours and hours at a time. And I'd lay my hands on that and say in the Name of Jesus, I believe for peace and I believe for wisdom and I believe for God to be a part of their life. Every single one of them we've seen walk through, some of them, by the way, through very, very deep and dark spaces. You need faith in the abiding presence of Jesus around about your life. Faith declares He's with me, even if it's the valley of the shadow of death. Therefore, I don't fear. Therefore, I will not worry. Therefore, He's either going to deliver me out or He's going to keep me while I'm in it. Amen. And I want to encourage you, be active in your faith. Don't be one of those people who just goes, well, yeah, but you know, mightn't work. Good Lord. I watched uh, Australia yesterday flog the USA in international basketball. Well, we did. We won first time 66 games in a row. You've won. And then Australia turned up with faith in the abiding presence. That's the way I'm telling the story. And we won. But you know what? I remember watching at one stage young Paddy Mills. Blessed be Paddy. And I watched young Paddy Mills chuck up a, a shot off balance out of thing and it banked in. And all the commentators were saying, uh, we're pretty sure he never meant, you know, when I was playing, we used to call bank, you know, after it went in, we go bank, as though somewhere or other we meant it. No one believed you, but still. Uh, and, you know, in goes the ball right there in that place and, and it goes in. But this is what, what I remember people used to say to me, Pure shooters, true shooters, don't think about whether it mightn't go in. They think that it might. 
In other words, they're not thinking about what mightn't happen. They're thinking about what might happen. It might go in. They'll just take a shot. They'll keep the thing going. And so faith declares that. We walk into situations and circumstances with faith in the abiding presence. Romans 5 verse 2 says, Therefore we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That there is my boarding pass for tomorrow morning. I'll be on a plane after national board meetings. I'm going over there and I'm going to rock up with just that. And you know what? I have no idea how to fly a plane. Let you in a little secret. I, I sat there, I reckon I've heard the whole thing about, you know, fire, smoke, obstruction. Evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. I've sat in enough exit rows that I've got a fair idea why the speech is going to go. And reach up, pull the handle, the door will go out, step out, have a look, you know. Uh, you know, one of them said, uh, help others out. I said, no, it's every man for himself. But I didn't appreciate that. Let me just let you in a little secret. I have no idea how to fly a plane. Forget all the movies. If the bloke up front has a something or other and can't do it, I'm there going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I did not even pay for the ticket because I'm on the national board. They pay for my fare. So I haven't paid for it. I have no idea how to do it. But this gives me access into the plane wherein I will sit. And it will take me, despite the fact I have no idea. I know that it's Bernoulli's principle that governs the lift that planes have. But I have no idea. If you ask me to explain it, I'd go, well, it's something to do with air currents and air pressure and whatever. I don't know how the thing works. And yet I don't need to know because this gives me access. Are you with me? Think about what Romans 5 verse 2 says. Therefore we have access by faith into a grace that takes us somewhere. Into a grace that takes us out of despair and into rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. I don't know how to do it. I didn't cause it to happen. I didn't pay for it. Jesus paid for it. That's why it's grace. But it's faith that active. Listen to me. Grace is not activated by the pity of God. Grace is not activated by telling God how bad your problem is and He ought to feel sorry for you because after all, you've been serving Him and Lord, I've been an usher and God, I've been in the music team. Oh God, and oh God, I've been praying. Oh God, I've been a tither. Oh God. And that, that doesn't activate it. It says, therefore, we have access by what? By faith into the grace. I'm going to have access into a plane. I'm going to go to my seat. If someone comes up and says, how dare you be here? I go, yeah, have a look. This is why I'm here. Somebody else paid the price. Somebody else gave it, but I've got access. I'm here. I belong in seat 15D. Next time the devil wants to tell you that you don't have access into the great grace of God to keep you, point him out to the blood of Jesus. Point him out to the cross. Point him out to what God did for you and say, I've got access because I believe that. I've got access into that space. Now it's going to lift me. It's going to take me somewhere. I'm going to go somewhere rather. I've got faith in the abiding presence of God. Amen. Here's the uh, second thing that faith possesses is imputed righteousness. Imputed simply means that it's given to you by someone else. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, but of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became, oh, I'm going to slow right down because I want you to read it. Because this verse, people who tell you Christianity is a, just one of the great religions of the world have no idea what the Bible says. That is so not so. Uh, let's read it slowly. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, right standing with God and sanctification. That is the, the setting apart. That's what it means. Sanctified means to set apart, make sacred. That there is, listen to me, there's something that the devil wants always to point out your sins, your failures, your mistakes, where you go wrong, where you screw up. And if you don't understand that faith activates imputed righteousness and sanctification in your life, you'll start believing that you're never going to make it. You're never going to change. You'll never be who God says you are. It's a ridiculous thing. You may as well give up. And do you know right now around the world, there's some well-known people that have given up on following Jesus. And, uh, you know, I know some of them, I met some of them and, and things like that. But can I tell you, when I see somebody talk about, yeah, but my experience, I go, you don't understand. It never was about that. It was about what he did for me. He became my righteousness. Let me read to you Romans chapter 10, verse 3 to 9. I'm going to be quick. Romans 10, 3, but you've got to understand this because it's activated by faith in your life. When I was just a new Christian, you know, how many people know we all screw up? Uh, Four of you know that. How many people here go, no, since I gave my heart to Jesus, I have never made a misstep ever again. I have walked in holiness and perfection. Yea, I am yea, even yea. And I'm so yea that I'm just, whoa, yea. Ha ha. No, didn't think so. Uh, most of the rest of us, oh man, what did I say that for? Oh, what did I do that for? Oh God, oh God, I'm sorry. And that's where we live our life. So I'd turn up to church and I'd be going happy and I'd be going great. And then I'd turn to church and in the worship, a little voice would speak into my mind, going, you filthy sinner. Lower your hands. Your hands are unclean. Ring a little bell. Unclean, unclean. You know, and, and then, then the next voice would say, stop singing about Jesus after what you did. After what you thought, after how you, some of you are looking at me like, huh? Never happened. How many people are with me on this tonight? And you go, oh, but I've been right there. Amen. Well, I was doing all that. And then I'll never forget this passage led up to me many years ago and changed my life. Verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Get this, you get a choice. It's either God's righteousness imputed to you or it's yours and you better figure it out. That's the only two choices. There aren't the others. For Christ is the end of the law. That is all the rules. That's all the have-tos. That's all the demands. There's 350 separate commands alone in the Old Testament that every believing Jew had to agree to and had to abide by. That's a lot. That's seven every week. There's no seven every day. 
Seven every week. It's one every day. Of course it's one every day. And a different one every day. And if you're screwed up on one of them, you're finished. Christ is the end of the law. It's almost like God goes, you know that whole way of living that depends on how good you are? He goes, stop. Come on, listen to me here. Because some of you here, you get this, you will walk out of here free. Because it's almost like God goes, stop. Stop like that. Stop thinking like that. Stop acting like that. It never was about you or else Christ died in vain. It's either imputed righteousness from Him or it's my own righteousness. And if it's my own righteousness, it all depends on how good I am. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, the one he's just said Christ is the end of, the man who does those things shall live by them. In other words, you've got to do it. Walk the walk, brother. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this manner or in this way. Don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring down Christ from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what does it say? The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. And I remember standing in worship and that little voice saying, lower your hands, you hypocrite. I remember the little voice saying, don't sing those songs about loving Jesus because you obviously don't love Him because look what you did. Look how you slipped up. And I read these verses and it says, because the devil wants to shut your mouth, stop you praising, wants to get you out of the place of prayer and of believing God and wants you to start living as though it was all about how good you are and have you earned the right, listen, have you earned the right to be heard? That's where the devil wants you to get. And this verse says, you know what? It never was about that. The righteousness, listen, the righteousness which comes from faith in imputed righteousness speaks. That changed my whole life, you know, because I'd stand there, didn't alter the fact that I'd done it, I'd screwed up, I'd messed up or whatever. But I'd get there and go, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks. And it praises and it lifts its hands. And it honours God. And I refuse to allow the condemnation of the devil to prevent me getting into the very thing that will destroy the devil's works in my life. Praise and honouring God. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you're going to be saved. I've passed, the Bible says, from judgment to life. So don't allow the enemy. The enemy wants to get you fighting on his ground. Am I good enough? Am I spiritual enough? Am I God enough? Have I done enough? He loves to follow you there because he knows he's going to beat the living daylights out of you all day, every day. No matter how good you are, you slipped up. Anybody had a little moment of road rage this week? Anybody have a moment where you thought of road rage this week? Come on, if you were driving. Come on, what's the matter with people? How slow can they get? You know, I, I forget, I think that was today on the way home from church. And I think I might have said it about six times. I said, what is this international slow day or something or other? You know, get into the other lane. What are you doing? How many people know that's not godly? How many of you know your pastor just totally wasn't right there? So what am I doing up here preaching? I'll tell you what I'm up here doing preaching. The righteousness which is of faith says it never was about. It doesn't mean I shouldn't grow or I shouldn't change. Amen. That's why God gives you a wife. 
so the Holy Spirit can help you. <laughs> Here's the third thing that faith can possess is faith can possess wisdom. Oh, I think I've prayed this 80 million times. I don't know of any verse like it in the entire Bible. It says this in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you, not if any really godly spiritual giant overcoming faith, you know, kind of the rock kind of people, you know, like, whoa, like look up my spiritual guns, hey, whoa, devils flee, whoa. Doesn't say that. It says if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. How many people just sit there and go, I'm confused, I don't know. Let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach and it's going to be given to him or to her. But let him ask in faith. Listen, you can't take faith. I realise some people have screwed up faith and they've made it a formula and that's a pity and a shame that people have done that. But don't chuck the baby out with the bathwater. Come on, live a life of faith anyway. Decide tonight, I'm going to start believing for wisdom in my life in the name of Jesus. He says, go on, ask God to give you wisdom. You can possess wisdom. You do not have to go through things in life in order to learn from your past. You don't have to. You can live a godly life. You know, Jesus gave marriage advice and he was never married. He gave family advice and never had kids. He gave a whole lot of things uh, uh, advice to people and told them why, how they should live their life and ne never went through the experience of it. Why? Because he had godly wisdom. Yeah. Amen. Come on. You can be what? Don't go, well, you know, when I'm, when I'm 64, you know, and kind of get some kind of wisdom in your life. How many people, how many people here tonight just say, I could do with more wisdom in my life? How many of you go, mm, ah, maybe mm, I'm pretty good? No, no, you, you all need it. Amen. Turn to your neighbour, give him a poke on the shoulder and say, you need more for sure. Here's number four, fourth one here. Fourth thing that you, faith will possess is divine guidance. Divine guidance. John 10 verse 4, my sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. He didn't say the special ones. You know what I... Thank you, Dr. Ruby. But he didn't say that, did he? He didn't say he's frozen chosen, you know, the select of the elect, somehow or other, the, the ones that have got the title. He said, my sheep. How many people say, I'm a sheep? Amen, I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. I'm definitely not a goat. Goats say, but, but. I believe God, but. You just said to everyone, I'm a goat, man. Psalm 32, verse 8, I will guide you with my eye. So I go forward confidently because faith is active. Listen to me. You know, you're going to hear some stuff a little bit later we're going to talk about in, in the uh, town hall meeting. And I'm going to stand up and tell you some things I don't know. But you know what? My not knowing doesn't mean I'm somehow or other just floundering around the dark because there is a lot of things I absolutely know because I absolutely know through faith, stepping into the place of God, come on, 
What are you saying to us? And so I've heard him say something go that way. I said to someone just this last week about some of the changes that are happening. I said, I don't know the detail, but I'm certain of the direction. That's guidance. He never promised that he would give me a map with everything put on it. He never said that. How many people know that when you log on to Google Maps, it doesn't mean you're just there. It just tells you the next step, doesn't it? In 300 metres, turn, take the first exit at the roundabout. In 150 metres, take the first exit. In 50 metres, I got it the first time. Take the first exit at the roundabout. And, you know, it doesn't tell me what to do after the roundabout until I go through the roundabout. Amen. God doesn't have to give you the whole map for all your life. He, buddy, listen to me. You can know that He will give you the next step. He'll give you the next step. Come on. He'll give you the next step in Jesus' name. Faith says guidance is going to come from all. Here's the last one, fifth one. Fifth thing that faith can possess is complete wholeness. Complete wholeness in your life. The Greek word for whole is the word sozo, S-O-Z-O. Sozo in the Scripture doesn't mean just things to go back to normal. It means across the entirety of your life. It means wholeness body. It means wholeness in your soul. And it means wholeness in your spirit. I'm putting up on the screen for you now five references. There's more than five. I just picked out five just for a good number to put up. They're all Bible references that if you go and look them up, they all say this in part. In some part, they say this. Your faith has made you whole. A lot of these were people that came to Jesus with a specific need, but they got more than just the need met. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you sozo. In other words, more than just the need, the woman with the issue of blood, the blind man, more than just getting their sight back, he said, I'm bringing wholeness to your life. Listen to me. Faith can possess Wholeness for your life. Psychologists and research say that your life is pretty well formed by the time you're in your early 20s and that most people never change after that. But they haven't read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, which says that if any person be in Christ, they are a new creation, a new species of being. And old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. They haven't read Second Corinthians 4 that says, though this outward man perish, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And I can never be the same if I'm living a life of faith where faith is activated. Come on, are you with me here? So some of you here, you go, oh, I battle depression. Oh, I'm probably going to die with depression. I'll probably have it all my life. Why don't you activate faith? And well, you know, my mother had this. My grandma, yeah, she did this. Uh, you know, runs in the family. Oh, everybody in my family's got a bad temper. Yeah, we all kind of on, you know, we can't think straight. Why don't you activate faith in your life and say, God, this is what I'm believing for. I'm amazed how many people think believing is going, well, God knows. As though somehow or other the fact that God knows means it's, you just don't have to do anything. 
you know, some kind of I just waft along. Oh, well, and if something bad happens, well, the Lord must be testing me. And if something good happens, it's well, praise God for that. But that's not a life of faith. Faith actively is involved with the promises of God. Remember what we read way back there in the very beginning in 2 Peter 1 verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption. That's the breaking down. That is the inevitable weakening and getting worse that is in the world through lust or human desire. I want to encourage you. I, I wish, you know, I, I, I've, as I said at the start, I feel like there's so much to say about this. And all I would ask you to do is this. Go on the journey of believing God. Get a hold of a promise this week and say, Lord, I'm going to believe for that in my life. Every day this week, God, I need wisdom. Every day. This is what faith does. God, you said you'd give me wisdom. I take the promise, the exceeding great and precious promise that by this I can escape the corruption, the breakdown that's in the world through human desire. Lord, you promised me wisdom. God, I don't feel it. I don't know where it's going to come from. I'm not sure. But God, I'll tell you what. Right now, I'm going to ask you for it and I'm going to believe you're going to give it to me. But somewhere or other along this journey, Lord, insight's going to come to me. Understanding is going to come. Discretion is going to come. And you'll find yourself prompted by the Holy Spirit. You're about to say something. You're feeling, mm, don't do that. You go, oh, okay, I'll let that go. And wisdom will come into your family and wisdom will come into your home. Wisdom will come into your relationships in Jesus' name. Faith activates the flow of the blessing of God in your life. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Just bow with me a minute. If that spoke to you, you know, you really ought to go online, get the podcast to be up there by Tuesday afternoon, I'm sure. Go on there and get a listen to it again and again. Let it speak to your life. Ring up a friend and say, you know, I was thinking about you while my pastor was preaching. And I believe God wants to give you some help for your life, some things you need to possess. You need guidance in your life. And I believe that the Lord will bring that to you. And I want to send you the link for it. Oh, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love what you are doing. We love that you are moving. We love that church is not just coming and downloading data, but there is a download of a different kind that happens inside of our life. We receive. Come on. If you need to receive one of those things from God, would you just stand to your feet and lift your hands toward heaven? Hold them up before God and say, God, I'm going to receive that tonight. God, I'm going to receive your abiding presence because I need atmospheres changed in my life. God, I'm going to receive your, your imputed righteousness. I'm going to see the end of, of uh, condemnation. I thank you for standing up, those of you. Are. If you need to come on, stand up wherever you are. Lift your hands up to God and say to God today, Lord, I'm going to receive wisdom for my life. God, I need guidance in my life. Lord, there's areas of wholeness that I'm struggling with. And God, I'm going to receive it. Come on, when you stand up tonight, you're not standing up saying, oh God, well, you know, I'm going to try harder. Listen, we're not, faith is not about trying harder. Faith is about believing the promise of God. Faith is about saying, God, and if you're up on the stage, yeah, you lift your hands up. Good on you. Lift them up before God. We're going to pray together. We're going to say, God, would you, we, we step out of doubt 
and out of just hoping it'll happen. And God, we step into the place of saying, I believe that in Jesus' Name. Father, for every hand that's raised towards You right now, every person standing, so many. God, but for every one of those, as we stand before You, I'm standing with them, Lord. God, oh God, Your abiding presence. There's atmospheres around my life that need to change. There's places I go to, God, where I want to walk in with a different atmosphere. I don't want to be a reflector of what's there. I want to bring in something that they've not had before. Come on, some of you here, you need to right now say, I'm going to take that to my home. Because where you live and where you stay and the people you are living with and the place where you're working, there's an ungodly atmosphere that's about pulling down, that's about what's wrong with the world and all the rest of that. And you need to bring in a new atmosphere of the abiding presence. God, I need Your imputed righteousness. God, I'm going to step and believe that, Lord. I'm tired of letting condemnation control my prayer life and my worship life. God, I'm going to believe that You have given me Your righteousness in the Name of Jesus, not by works that I've done. God, I'm going to receive wisdom, the things I need to know. God, I'm going to receive for my life divine guidance. It's going to come in the Name of Jesus. I need wholeness, Lord. Thank You, Lord for that in the Name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing together. Great are You, Lord. Lift it up to God tonight. We're here in this place. I know, I know that I know that I know that I know the Holy Spirit is here. I know that He's touching people right where you are. Some of you will go out of here profoundly, profoundly different. Tomorrow is gonna be a different day. Let's sing it together and worship God. Come on, great are You, Lord. Come on. <laughs> 